This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, August 17th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who can always appreciate some elite subliminal messaging, Jerem Jordan. Okay, on Twitter, it was discovered that a man named Devin Spann was a field painter for BYU for years. I'm assuming as a student. So he tweets at uh, Joe Huit, Sometimes, always, I added a Y to the Mountain West logo to make it look like Y Mountain. Look at that. How about that? I never realized that. This Neither is did during, I. I'm guessing this is the 01 BYU football game, based on the uh, color scheme there. Uh, that is awesome. And like the entire The Mountain Channel, snuck by the goalie of the conference. Okay? <laughs> wow. Does he get awesome. in trouble for that retrospectively? Yes. All of the people and employees from The Mountain, a.k.a. nobody, will come after him. That's really cool, actually, yeah. that he did that, and so many people just were like, oh, whatever. Like, they didn't, they didn't really notice. No one noticed. Or maybe they were fine with it. But I'm guessing they weren't, because that relationship was strained. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite um, former Mountain announcer? Probably Ari Wolf. Nice. Mine's Blaine Fowler. Oh, come <laughs> on. I wasn't talking about <laughs> color commentators. Got okay. him. If we're talking about play-by-play James broadcast, Bates was fun. James yeah. Bates Ari's was fun. great. Ari's still kicking, right? Yep, um, and Ari's still working with Blaine on occasion. That's awesome, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, but that's cool. Commentators, yes. Blaine, you, you do you hear me. that? Blaine! Blaine, you know I love you. You're my favorite commentator ever. Blaine! On the analysis side. Yeah. Uh, after further review later tonight. <laughs> Not featuring Ari Wolf. <laughs> Not featuring Ari Wolf. <laughs> hey, maybe he's on. We don't know. The great Blaine Fowler. All right, at the base of Y Mountain today, Jerem, on this Tuesday, here is your show lineup. Can we see Y Mountain with the smoke? Probably not. My sinuses certainly feel the smoke. Dude, I'm sorry. You're doing all right? I'm doing okay. Yeah. You're just hammering away, man. Who would you name as the BYU starting quarterback right now, less than three weeks away from the season opener against Arizona? Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick analyzes all three of the QB candidates and their current status. David Nixon will join us in studio. Yeah, baby. To recap why he understands exactly what BYU's NFL hopefuls are going through in their camps right now. And don't forget another Top 5 Tuesday centering on the real you and their recent series announcement with BYU. Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines. The Athletic names BYU kicker Jake Oldroyd preseason second-team All-America after going 13-for-13 on field goals last year with a long of 50 foul. He finished as a Lou Groza finalist. Congratulations to Jake Oldroyd. BYU basketball will play Oregon or Oregon in November. That via Vanquish the Foe. Oregon currently ranked number 11 in ESPN's way too early top 25 poll. The last meeting between these two college basketball teams came in 2014 NCAA tournament when the Ducks bounced the Cougars from the tournament in the round of 64. By a score of 87-68, if you remember, Kyle Collinsworth tore his ACL in the West Coast Conference Championship game, could not play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I remember. I was at that one. Yeah, oh, Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. That's right. One-man band. Uh, it's cut day in the NFL. Teams have to be down to 85 rostered players by 4 Eastern. 
Uh, word is that Spencer and I will not make a roster. Uh, Matt Bushman survived the first round of cuts by the Las Vegas Raiders. There are 27 Cougars currently on NFL rosters. Let's hope that number stays as high as possible. BYU Women's Volleyball ranked number 15 in the ABCA Coaches Preseason Top 25 poll. San Diego at 20. Pepperdine also in the West Coast Conference at 22. A loaded WCC season approaches on the women's volleyball side. And just like women's soccer, BYU Women's Volleyball, number 15. They'll be on the top 10 soon enough. You watch. The only child summer league finale with the Lakers is tonight versus the Warriors. He is averaging eight points and six rebounds per game in three summer league games. Michael Rucker. Pitching for the Chicago Cubs now. Awesome. Got the call up, but not awesome. Got roughed up last night in a 14-5 loss to the Cincinnati Reds. He gave up Joey Votto's 2,000th hit. It's part of a trivia question for Reds fans forever, along with six earned runs in two innings pitch. But you know what? Sometimes it happens to pitchers. Ask Jeremy Guthrie. It's it's yeah. Doesn't always go our well. Guy, our guy Jay Guts. Yeah, it's all good. The uh, Cougar kickoff canceled due to poor air quality as a precaution for the health of the athletes. We were going to be at this uh, little meeting. It's a great. fun event. I'm bummed yeah. that it, it, uh, it's not going to work out. Yeah, it's too bad. Next year. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, a quarterback battle sound off. The offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, is given the choice of who to send out as the starting quarterback against Arizona on September 4th. And the latest commentary from the OG A-Rod features comments on all three quarterbacks. Listen to this. I will say this. When, when Jaron, Jaron and Baylor look like veteran QBs, they run our offense efficiently. And then Conover is just a guy, he's got, he's got his moments where he's just like, you know, he's, I, I don't like to compare anybody to anybody, but he's a young, it's almost like Zach when he was young. He's, some of the plays he makes are really big plays. And then some of the mistakes he makes are just young, young mistakes. They're just, they're things that get, uh, fixed with time, and so, but the upside's really high, and so it, he's an intriguing dude, man. He's a good player, and so it's it's just fun having those, uh, you know, the contrast there of the two veterans that really know what they're doing and run the show with the with the young guy that's that's got a super bright future that uh, is really explosive kid. Jerem, what is your reaction to those comments about all three quarterbacks from offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick? And I think it was Saturday after the scrimmage when he said this. Um, my first thought is, oh, he really likes Jacob Conover, too. Uh, he likes all three. Um, I'm excited to hear from David Nixon on his opinion on this coming up as well in the next segment. But uh, it makes me think of 2018. So BYU played a freshman, a true freshman. In this case, Jacob is technically like a redshirt freshman, even though it wasn't a redshirt year. It was a free year. Anyways, he's a COVID freshman. Um, in 2018, BYU played Tanner Mangum as the start of the first six games, went 3-3. Three and three. One of those was Wisconsin. Uh, BYU won that game. That was big time. But uh, made the switch at game seven to true freshman Zach Wilson. BYU's not in that situation this year where they have an expected incumbent starter senior who's going to play, and then if it doesn't work out, hey, maybe we hand it off to this guy. You have two sophomores who are essentially juniors, right, um, in Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. And Jacob Connor was there and, and has some really high highs, but has some low lows, right, as a freshman and needs some PT. And he's just a straight-up freshman, by the way. He could still play four games and redshirt this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, last year, like, didn't exist for anybody, if you will. Um, so, yeah, he could be – he could redshirt this year and then next year be a redshirt freshman for the third time. If Crazy. You, like a freshman for the third year. Anyway, 
BYU's not in that same situation. BYU doesn't need to give the ball to a freshman even if he's uber-talented. Now, if he's more talented than, and better than Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney, great! Hand him the keys to this car. I just think it'll be a little surprising if that's the case. So um, I, I don't read into it too much. But basically, Aaron has been tipping his hand for a long time now that Jaron Hall, if he's Jaron Hall, he's going to be the guy, right? And Baylor's right there, ready to go. Baylor's done nothing to not deserve some PT as well, given how well he played in 2019. Last year was all Zach Wilson and nothing for the backups, right? Jaron didn't even dress all year, by the way. It was just he was on the sideline, but getting through a hip injury. I, I don't look, I don't read into it too much, but again, I'm still of the opinion that I would ideally not hand uh, a freshman this schedule. I would love to, for a freshman to get a little more uh, experience before giving him. Even if Jacob Conover does have the most talent, and you can look at talent however you want, hard to quantify. Yeah, is it more about just talent? Or potential, or is it more about the guy that you trust the most and you feel like gives you the best chance to win against whoever the opponent is? I think, of course, it's that. Right. I, no, no question. So when I listen to that comment, I hear him say, veterans that know how to run the offense, Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. So right there, in my mind, is like, they're one and two. Yeah. They are one and two for game number one. And they have been for a long time. We're talking like years, yes. probably. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that their potential is the highest, that they have the most untapped talent. Who's to say what that is, too? Right? right? Again, it depends yeah. on who you're talking to. It is all so subjective to whoever is analyzing all of that. Yeah. What do, you, right? what do you want from the quarterback? So for me, this is a similar situation, and wouldn't you know BYU's opening up the season against Arizona like they did in 2018 when it was Tanner Mangum versus Zach Wilson. They're going to open up the season against Arizona. But, yeah, it's different but still the underlying theme or principle of go with somebody that you just trust that has been around for a long time, that understands the offense, that you're not going to worry about as much. What if there were... Zach Wilson was obviously more talented than Tanner Mangum. Yeah. Clearly. And in 2018, but they what, trusted if, what if there Mangum. were two Tanner Mangums and you had Zach? Then Zach would get buried a little bit. That's the case for Jacob Conover right here. He's probably going to be the third-string quarterback. And I dare say he might be the best third-string quarterback you always had in a while, right? Maybe. Like, if he's the third-string guy. I mean, you could look at the 80s rosters and be like, Stephen was sitting there on the roster. Right. Like, Robbie Bosco was sitting there eventually in that room as the third-string. Now, my, it happens. the point that I've made and I think you have made at times remains the same. Any of these three quarterbacks, whoever BYU rolls out against Arizona, I feel like BYU would win the game. They start Jacob yes. Conover. Arizona stinks. Yes. I think BYU would win the game. I don't necessarily feel the same about every game on the schedule. But the Utah game, I start to feel a little bit differently. Yeah, I want Jaron Hall in the Utah game. Be- I'm okay with Baylor well, Romney and in the Utah Baylor game, Romney. too. I, I, Jaron adds his legs, and Baylor adds the he's not going to make a massive mistake. He doesn't turn the ball over. And maybe against Utah. That's what you Not mean. turning the ball over might be the key. And I, I hate that it comes to that. Because you have to do good things, not... Not do bad things. Does that make sense? You have to be commissively good, but not omissively bad. That's the Utah okay. situation. Topic two. So if you had to name a starter today, who would it be and why? Man. Uh, we're splitting hairs with Jaron and Baylor, in my opinion. Yeah. It's really close. Yeah. I think it's going to be Jaron Hall. If I were to name a starter today, based on everything that happened last season, the fact that Jaron didn't play... I'd probably lean towards Baylor Romney today. 
But there are still two and a half weeks to go, and I think Jaron Hall is going to be the guy, and he will do just enough to earn that starting job against Arizona. So I think it's going to be Jaron, but if we're talking today, I would make Baylor Ryan my starting quarterback. Interesting. Um, I want to hear from the crowd that doesn't think it's going to be Jaron against Arizona. Like, what? Like, sell me on that idea because Aaron clearly thinks it's going to be Jaron. Sure, like, it's so like he's telling us. I feel like it's Jaron. I feel like, and in fact, I have it on pretty good account that Baylor knows the playbook the best of any of the three quarterbacks. He can get BYU into formations and into plays probably quicker and more reliably than the other two quarterbacks right now. He's just spent more time with it. And based on the nature of what he did behind Zach Wilson last year when Jaron couldn't dress or wasn't dressing, that was an, an advantage for Bayla. It helped him progress. I feel like he understands the playbook and the offense better than the other two quarterbacks. So that is the determiner for me that pushes Baylor 51% and Jaron 49%. Mm. To me, it's who throws the ball the best within that, right? Like, who executes the offense? Also, Baylor doesn't turn yeah. the ball over. Like, Jaron has more of a tendency because of the way he plays the game, or at least we've seen him in the past, he will have more of a tendency to, it's a little more risky. Baylor yes. is, is yes. he is the okay. safe, risk-free option, in my opinion. There's acceptable risk, right? Um, there's acceptable risk. Like, the leader in interceptions in BYU history is Ty Demmer. Like, the leader in touchdowns is Ty Demmer. Like, there's a certain amount of risk that, in, yeah, in certain games. Outside of Utah, it's like, listen, against, you know, there, there are three or four people on the schedule where it can't be vanilla or simple. It's got to be a little more aggressive if you're going to win the game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it's exciting to have a couple options here. Okay, uh, I would name Jaron as well. Yeah, if it's today, Jaron. Um, but it's in two and a half weeks. I do hope BYU names started this week, though, like by the end of the week. Okay. Or early next week. I would like to see two weeks' worth of reps for the number one guy. I would like the number one guy to be like, I'm the guy, the team knows I'm the guy, everyone knows, and they can rally around that guy. I think that's important. I think if you wait until the week of the game, uh, you've given that guy fewer reps to prepare for that specific game. Now, we could argue that Arizona is so bad that maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think it does. But going into Utah, okay, now it's okay. It's game week and it's Utah, and you're the guy from the Arizona game, barring some disaster, right? So, yeah, I, I think it'll be Jaren. Mitch Matthews had a fun comment uh, when we talked to him last week about the quarterback battle. Here's what he said. Everyone wants to know, even the players want to know, and they might have an idea of who is going to be, but if they're not for sure, then you really aren't building around this person early enough. You don't want it to be a 50-50 battle, uh, you know, coming to the first game of the year. You want the starter to be there from spring ball and the summer workouts, and you want him to be the captain and leading the team for a long, long time and have that experience. So I don't necessarily know if it's healthy. If it's not Jaron Hall, will you be surprised? Yes. I will too. Yeah. And let's not act like that's for the whole season. That's literally for the Arizona game. Because there are three guys in a quarterback battle, it means that if it doesn't go well, and we need to talk about at some point in the future, another day, how long the leash is. Exactly. How long is the leash for whoever the starter is? Like, I think Arizona is so bad that there's not going to be an issue in that game. Like, of ineptitude, no, not injury. Let's say Jaron Hall yeah. turns the ball over twice. He fumbles, he throws an interception. He's still in. He's, he's, he's the guy, in. he will finish if the game. If he does it four times, okay. he's probably out. But what if Jaron turns the ball over twice against Utah in the first half? He's, then st- he's still the guy. You still think he's, he's the, guy, the guy, even into the Utah game? If he goes to a third one, see ya. Yeah. See, and that's, that's uh, something that's really difficult to balance for an offense coordinator because you don't want to shake confidence 
You don't want to come down too hard on them. And Aaron Roderick has said, I'm not a guy that's quick to pull yeah. a guy if you make some mistakes. Therefore, but where is, he'd where get is at the least line? a third turnover. Where Why are we talking about line? turnovers against Utah? I hate it. Because they've devastated I know. BYU. I know. I just hate it. Which is th- why I'm like, Baylor Romney, <laughs> ball distributor, don't turn the ball over. Game manager, maybe that's the key. <sighs> My my daughter loves vanilla ice cream, right? I'm like, why don't you add some flavor? Why don't I thought, you have I thought a you were gonna say she loves vanilla ice. She knows ice, ice. But I'm like, why don't you try a different flavor? There are lots of flavors. You know, there are different flavors sure. of quarterback, sure. right? Sure. Baylor is certainly not vanilla, but uh, he has more to him than that. But compared to say Jaron's running ability with that, it feels vanilla. It feel against Boise State. It was like trick plays. This is what got that win, right? And then Liberty was a tougher game than we thought. A one score game, like. I want to see these guys play some more. And guess what? We're going to get it in a couple weeks. We're going to get a full season I love it. of no Tanner Mangum, no Zach Wilson. It's the next era, right? And you only have to wait this many days, people. Countdown to the Wildcats. 18 days. Dude, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. This is exciting. I know. Name a starter. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I'm honestly glad that I don't have to make that decision. It really is tough. That that is so tough because the guys work so hard. It's an emotional thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh. No, that that those two guys are going to be disappointed. Yeah, for sure. Our question of the day: If you, all of you, had to name a BYU starting quarterback today on August seventeenth, who would it be? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. All right, we've got a Twitter poll out presenting all three options. Let's update it. Right now, Jaron Hall is, not surprisingly, the overwhelming favorite to be the starter. 76% of the vote, just under 400 votes in. Jacob Conover, 13%. Baylor Romney, 11%. Interesting. Conover over Romney by a little bit. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't know what this means, but uh, Chaplin's uh, human just tweeted into BYU Sports Nation. I don't know, but I take this Y carrot in my lunch today as a good BYU San Karma. Go Cougs. I hope all see playing time. He's got a carrot that's literally a Y. A Y carrot. Like, it's not a single carrot. It's like two merged in, and it's a Y. Subliminal message to your food. (laughs) It's going it's going great apparently for lunch for Chaplin's human. Coming up, Colin Coward backtracks on Zach Wilson. And David Nixon discusses how one week he was sitting on a couch watching football and the next week he was winning awards with the professional football franchise. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The latest episode of After Further Review is tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Dave, Blaine, David look at high-performance players under the microscope this season. Watch previous episodes on the app as well. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. And joining us now in studio, not over Zoom, is David Nixon. I would just like to point out that you must carry some prestige and clout to be one of the few people 
They get to come back in studio first. I called a few people, you know, talked to the higher-ups. So Dave? I, actually, I did. I, I did. I did. I did. Uh, it's just timing. Timing works. Listen, I'm in this building every Tuesday now for after the review. Yeah. We're spending a lot of time together, so, you know, we might as well make it in person. You're a Bob, like we've talked, a yeah, band of brother. Yeah, sure. I mean, we can call that with BYU TV. Here we are in the midst of NFL preseason, and Jeremy and I discussed at length yesterday just – what an overwhelmingly awesome first preseason week it was for several BYU guys. What are the emotions for those guys after a good game in the preseason? Because you have experienced that. 100%. Especially for guys like in my spot, Isaiah Kafusi's spot. We saw his big tackle for loss on that fourth down. Uh, it's, it's very relieving because those first couple weeks, it's a huge buildup to your first preseason game. Uh, and, and you're excited. You're focused in getting ready prep for the game. And to go out there and perform and get some good film out there. I mean, the thing you have to remember about these guys is that maybe they don't make the cut for whatever team they're playing for currently, but you're trying to put out film for the other 31 teams. Uh, because the other 31 teams, are they're scouting, getting ready for their regular season games, and they're noticing you on film, you're popping off on film. And that's what happened my second year with the Raiders. Uh, we played the Cowboys in a preseason game. And sure enough, the Texans were scouting the Cowboys, getting ready for their first game. And so whenever I got released by the Raiders, this Texans picked me up because they noticed me playing against the Cowboys in our preseason game. This is what they told me. And uh, they brought me in to, to, to provide some depth there. So uh, you never know what team's looking at you, and you never know what opportunity is going to come of it. And so that's why when you have these preseason games, you're not only playing for your current team, but you're playing for those 31 other teams. And you've got to go out there and you've got to ball out. And you've got to find ways to make an impact and, and, and be, sh- be shown uh, and be known by, by some of these other teams. It's really interesting because there's 28 dudes right now. Matt Bushman makes it through the initial cut with the Raiders, which is great. Which, by the way, let's talk about that in a second. Going back to Raiders Stadium now uh, uh, with Allegiant with Arizona in a couple weeks. But um, a lot of these guys are going to make themes. Some won't. But what's the process like as a player trying to make it through, trying to make a roster, whether it be the 53-man or the practice squad, just to hang on? I mean, it's hard to explain. I tell people... In the NFL, it's, it's physically demanding. You're facing the best guys in the world. Uh, it's, it's mentally draining because you're trying to swallow up this big playbook. And, and, and the playbooks in the NFL are much more expansive than in college and more difficult to comprehend. Uh, but emotionally, it's draining because every day you can lose your job. You can get cut. And, and I, I remember talking to people saying the crazy thing about the NFL, even if you made the squad, come during the season, I remember we'd be walking to team meetings. And, you know, you think everything's great, life's great, you're getting ready for your game that week. You look outside and you're working out three or four other linebackers. And nobody's hurt, but they're just working them out just in case when you do get hurt or just in case you didn't perform well that week, they've got a guy that they scouted that they're ready to bring in and take your spot. So you had all those together physically, mentally, uh, you know, emotionally, all that makes it so difficult to get through camp. And that's why camp's so draining for a lot of these guys. But at the same time, it's so rewarding because if you do show up on that 53-man roster when it's all said and done, uh, you know that you've—I mean—you battled for that spot, and it's extremely rewarding. So these guys are all out there, and the great thing—they've expanded the practice roster, the practice team since uh, since I played, and so uh, a lot of these guys will have opportunities to go on the practice te- practice uh, team, and then you know hopefully make their way back up onto the 53 sometime during the season. So it's—you still find your way up there. Tell us the story, and you've told us, but I think it's fun for the audience, of like sometimes you got to call mid-season or whatever, and then you jump on a team, and then you play. You actually got the game ball for the Rams <laughs> one game, just yeah. jumping in, right? Yeah, my, uh, let's see, my third year. I was actually doing uh, the, the pre- and post-game show uh, with you guys, 
And all of a sudden, I get a call from my agent saying, uh, on like a Monday, saying, hey, you're flying out tomorrow. The Rams want to come work you out. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing is I'd already – this was halfway through the season. This is week eight. So I'd already started to kind of taper down my workouts. And I probably wasn't in the best shape. But, uh, <laughs> but they, I flew out there. I went to the workout. And uh, it, was, it was nuts. I was just, you know, I was sucking wind. And uh, fortunately, I, they, after it was all said and done, they, they signed me to their 53. And – I walk into meetings the next day, and my name's up there starting on all the special teams. Because that's what you do. If you're, if you're a second-team linebacker, you're starting on all the special teams. That's why you're bringing them in, right? I mean, you only have 53 guys in our roster, so everyone has to contribute somewhere. And so um, I started that game, and I was against the Cleveland Browns. We're on the road late in the fourth quarter. We punt the ball to them. We're down. We punt the ball. Josh Cribbs gets it. And I come down and I strip him, cause a fumble. We recover it. We kick a field goal. We win the game like 12 to 10. It was a terrible game. <laughs> that was a year where the Rams, we weren't so, so hot. But uh, anyways, it was a pretty wild experience to come off the couch. And then you're right. At the, when, at the end of the game, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, head coach, presented me with a game ball. And I'm just like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know my name? <laughs> <laughs> the, last, yeah. the last Saturday I was sitting here on the countdown to kickoff, and the next week I'm winning the game ball. So that's, that's hilarious. That's how crazy life can change. And that goes back to my initial point where, listen, when, you, when you're given those opportunities, you have to make, take the, you know, make the most of it. And that's what we're seeing from these guys. Like I said, from Isaiah Confusi uh, and a lot of these other kind of cool, these guys are getting reps in there. And you've got to make the most of it. You've got, to make, uh, you've got to make a name for yourself. There are a bunch of different BYU guys on roster. I think 27 players in some fashion or another are currently under contract. You survived the gauntlet. You mentioned Isaiah Kafusi. You mentioned Kainakua. Uh, there are others that had notable games as free agents. Zane Anderson had a good game with the Chiefs, multiple tackles. Which of these free agents do you feel like did themselves the biggest favor in the first preseason game? I'll be kidding. I didn't get to watch all of the preseason games. I watched the Saints one, obviously, uh, pretty closely. But from the highlights I saw, listen, the, the, that fourth down stop by, by Isaiah Kafusi come off the edge, I mean, it's a perfect tactical technique, and it's just a big moment in the game. And we saw Jim Irsay, the owner, say, wow, that's a great play. I mean, the NFL tweets out the clip. Yeah, I that's mean, awesome. yeah, that, that's the type of publicity and the coverage you need. And that's what I'm saying when, when your number's called, you've got to make big plays. And that's what the NFL is all about. Can, can you make the big ones? Um, because the, the, the mundane, you know, play in and play out, everyone can make those plays. Uh, but can you rise to the occasion? So I, I love what Isaiah did. I didn't get a chance to watch Bushman. Uh, I don't know how much, how much action he got. one catch for five yards, had a block on a touchdown run. So I'll say this about the NFL as well. Now it's changed a little bit because now they're going to three, three preseason games versus the four. Uh, so the format changes a little bit. But the first one, usually the stars play a little bit more, and then they tend to taper off. The second, third, they play a little bit more as well. But the, the third and fourth, as it used to be, almost non-existent because they're getting ready for the season. So you'll see Bushman and a lot of these other guys start to get more reps as this preseason goes on. But those first couple of games, you're trying to shake the rust off for the starters, um, which we saw in kind of week one with Taysom playing quite a bit and, and Jameis and some of these other, these other guys. So we'll see that kind of the, the, the backups get more playing time as the preseason goes on. So these next few weeks will be big uh, for, for the guys trying to make these squads. It's gnarly because last year's team didn't play a single Power 5 team, yet you could argue it was the greatest uh, guys in the NFL year in BYU history, maybe. Like in the 80s, you know, yet probably more meaningful guys in singular drafts. Zach Wilson highlights this, and then some seventh-round guys, Brady Christensen, of course. But, like, the volume of guys is gnarly. And then, like, Kyrus Tonga is listed as a starter for the Bears. I wonder if he's going to be a better pro than college player. 
Because I almost feel like he underwhelmed a little bit. Like, he was good, but he wasn't, like, what we were talking about when he first showed up. And now with the Bears, he could start. Like, let's go. I, I think for Cox in particular, two things he'll benefit from. One, being in the NFL, you're getting proper amount of rest. You're getting the right training, and you're also getting the right diets. You don't have to do homework. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about all that life. But you have, you have pros. You have dietitians that are putting you on strict diets. And you've got now the resources to spend money on healthy food versus in college – you only got money to go spend at, uh, well, at Beto's. Well, now they and, got uh, uh, Bill Bar thousand bucks, you know? Yeah, you got some good stuff. But I, I think uh, Kyrus as well. Kyrus got double teamed. You go back and watch the film. He got double, triple teamed every play when he was here at BYU. Now you're at the NFL, and now he's going to be the one getting single block because his big buddies that are getting paid the big money are getting double and triple teamed. And so I think that's why he'll excel probably at the next level, and that's why he's doing well so far in the preseason. Uh, but he's a, he's a guy that, I, same way, we all knew he had the potential, but now you add in the fact that he has time to really dedicate time to his body and get in good shape and get stronger, um, and I think that's why you'll see him take that next step. We're going to finish with some quarterback talk. Uh, we first, should ask about Taysom Hill. That's what we're doing. Yeah, totally. Some quarterback talk. We buried the lead. Taysom Hill is competing with Jameis Winston for that starting spot in New Orleans. It's well documented. He's your brother-in-law. You talk to him about all of this what? stuff. Okay. So I know that a lot of this information is close to the vest, but in your opinion, in your as much as you can be unbiased, is Taysom Hill going to start in Week One for the New Orleans Saints? I haven't. He hasn't confirmed. Uh, none of my family has confirmed anything. Frankly, I don't think he quite even knows. I don't think they. Sean Payton's the type of guy who likes to keep stuff close, close to his vest, um, as we've seen throughout the season last he year. Loves Taysom though. He doesn't keep that close. He he loves Taysom. <laughs> that's that's well documented as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, listen, everything trending. Once again, when Drew Brees went down last year, Taysom was a starter, not Jameis. Um, so far, Taysom took the first reps in his first preseason game. That might change in, in game two. We'll see. Um, but I think everything's trending in the right direction. I mean, Taysom's been there for four years. He knows the system. Yep. Uh, and, and I think Sean Payton's comfortable with him. So, yeah, I mean, to, to think, I've seen tweets, to think that Taysom and Zach Wilson would be starting. I, somebody posed a question. When is the last time you had two starting quarterbacks in the NFL? Is probably that, Steve Young and Ty Emmer, I'm guessing, in the early 90s. Probably so. That, yeah. That's probably it. Almost Jim years McMahon ago? didn't start. He was a backup in the latter part of his career. Right. It would have, yeah. Yeah. Probably 30 Steve years ago. and Ty. A yeah. long time long ago. Long time right? ago. I mean, 30. How, Holy how, how cool is that for BYU, right? And so. We'll see. We'll see how everything shakes out uh, out of these few, few uh, first few preseason games. But I think that's where it's training for Taysom. Hopefully, I mean, how many schools can say that they are starting multiple quarterbacks in the NFL? Like maybe Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and BYU. That's some elite company. Yeah, yeah. And Deshaun Watson's situation is interesting. So I don't know that they will even have two, right? So it's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Wait, way to way to keep that on like l- like low and like you know I don't know we'll see. Take your brother in law's going to start for the Saints. This is going to be awesome. Right? Uh, it's, it is exciting. I will say, having been around, I, we watched the game with with his wife, my sister Emily, and uh, she's on pins and needles the whole time. You sure. Know? And yep. and we're as a family, we're excited as well. So uh, he's listen. He's in a great situation, regardless of what happens. Yes, totally. well, he'll he'll be on the field some way or, or some form or fashion, right? He'll be on the field. So whether it's a quarterback or, or playing his utility player, we'll see. Okay, let's ask you our question of the day, which centers on the BYU quarterbacks. If you had to pick one guy to start today on August 17th for the Arizona game, who's your guy? Okay, first let me preface it with this. I've been to practice. I've watched these guys throw. BYU fans, any quarterback at this point is fantastic. I'm telling you, these guys, the the balls they're throwing, the the, the places they're putting the ball in, the, the way they're stretching the defense it's impressive. And, and I, so to answer your question, I think Jaron Hall, I, I think he's going to get the nod. But if you had to resort to you know, uh, Conover or Romney, 
BYU's in great hands. And, and you've got three very capable guys that are very confident. And I think that's the one thing I noticed from watching them. They're all extremely confident out there, you know, running this offense. And they know the offense. I, and, and what it looks like from Roderick is he trusts them as well. I mean, there's, 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 a great, there's great chemistry right there right now with, with those guys. And then you throw the weapons around them. I mean, when you got Tyler Algier in the backfield and you got Lopini Katoa, I mean, you, you can hand them the ball and that's going to open up the pass game big time. And so I, I'm, I'm excited for this team. I, I think Jaron's probably the starter. But if they decide to go with Rodney or Conover, I, I'm all on board. I, I, th- I, I think you can't really go wrong in the situation right now. Awesome. And I can't wait for BYU to ba- debut the three-quarterback system. One, everybody gets a series. Every series, yeah. They just rotate the whole game. It usually works really very well. very innovative. Yeah, it works really well. Usually. Every time. <laughs> great to have you back in studio, brother. Hey, we've got to keep doing this. This feels good. I feel at home yes. here. That's further view tonight, baby. 7 Eastern. Let's go. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, coming out of the men's hoops non-conference schedule. And is BYU's fan base and their collective optimism underrated? Underrated? What? Oh, sorry, Ooh, sorry, what? Fan base? Sorry, what? This is BYU Sports Nation. Got the uh, big goggles on for that one. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU TV is sending two Cougar football fans to the season opener against Arizona and Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a trip to two, including flight, transportation, lodging, plus tickets to the game, baby. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for details. Winners will be selected, and random entry does not guarantee a prize. No batteries included. The winner will be uh, announced August 20th, that's Friday, on this very program. Today's word is... Wilson! Can't miss that one. I want you to be the Micro Machines guy. Let's bring I that can't, guy back. I can't speak that fast. Slash, they sped it up. The Micro Machines guy. Yeah, they sped it up. Uh, it's going to be fun for whoever wins that. And like we mentioned, there are five second-place winners, which is cool. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Sign it up. Let's go. Let's go. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jacob Aldroyd yep. is a second-team All-American via The Athletic. Will he be an All-American at the end of the season? And will he be the only BYU All-American? Ooh, I think he's going to be an All-American at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, baby. The only All-American? Hopefully not. Uh, I'm hoping you a get... guy like James Empey could be like a third-teamer or something at center. You ain't winning nine games. You only have one All-American, probably. You need a couple. You know what I mean? You need, like, Maybe another Isaac guy. Isaac Rex could be an All-American. Yes, because he was freshman All-American. Freshmen are graded on a different curve when it comes to All-American status. There's no sophomore element. Right. There's no junior element. If Tyler Algier is legitimately a top 10 running back coming back, like some of these publications have said, then he'll be in the running to be like right. a third team All American. And to be All American, you got to be like yeah. three through top three or top six, yes. depending on if they name two. Right? Complicated. Ah. Hopefully there's more. I one. hope there's more. But Jake is the best at his position on the BYU team, by the way. It's not. Yeah, Ryan Rico is probably second. Remember the days when BYU didn't have a reliable kicker? BYU's turned into Utah. I love it. I love that. Hunter and kicker, like, you don't worry about them at all. Don't worry about them. Nope. Great. Don't worry about them. I'm so excited to discuss this next topic. Jerem, on yesterday's The Herd with Colin Cowherd, he said Zach Wilson's ceiling is Aaron Rodgers and the floor is Johnny Manziel. Going back to that Manziel well. Saying, quote, he moves well, Zach Wilson. He has a lively arm and a great release. Wait, is Colin Coward already back tracking on his Zach Wilson criticism? 
Felt like you did because Zach had a nice game. But again, one preseason game. Don't want to make too big a deal out of it. But yeah, Colin uh, Colin got whipped a little bit for that one. But it's you're a national talk show host. You got to have a strong it's opinion. Happen. Can't care. Yeah, yeah, you have to be polarizing. Yeah, that's the nature of the job. It is interesting that he said the ceiling is Aaron Rodgers because he has a long-standing kind of tiff with Aaron Rodgers. Like he doesn't he doesn't put Aaron Rodgers in the same category as like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and and those guys. He he criticizes Aaron Rodgers more so than some of these other great quarterbacks. So that's calculated. I think yeah, and I think he's referring to skill, like throwing motion. Yeah. The way he his feet move in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's referring to like the off the field escapades. Yeah, I think he backtracked a little bit because he probably needed to after that Zach Wilson performance. But if Zach Wilson doesn't perform well in his next preseason game, then he's gonna be the loudest on the microphone. Oh yeah, just ride that wave. Everyone get their uh, you know, wakeboards out. Let's go. Big game boomer named BYU the most optimistic fan base in the state of Utah, but didn't crack the top twenty nationally. So do you think Big Game Boomer has not met Jason Shepard? Yeah, he clearly has not met Jason <laughs> Shepard. Come on. We love Shep. we got to be top 20 with Shep in the house, right? Just straight optimism. I factor into that as well. Not a top a- 20 optimistic fan base? I am also optimistic about Brigham Young. I just don't like the schedule. Everyone wow. Thinks I, everyone thinks I'm pessimistic. Uh, no, Look, I'm looking at some of these me. other schools, and I'm like, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. Yeah, you all should be optimistic because you're good every year. Yeah. I don't like going 7-6. and six. Arkansas? I don't think Arkansas is an optimistic I thought it was Arkansas this whole time. Arkansas has been hurting for a while. So maybe I'd exchange BYU and knock Arkansas, but BYU in there at top 20. Yeah. You're in the SEC. You're never going to win it. Right. In South Carolina, like <laughs> – Jadavian Clowney's not walking through the door at Bryce Williams Bryce Stadium. Like, you're optimistic still in the it's SEC? It's called Bryce Williams Bryce Williams Stadium. Williams Bryce Stadium. Oh, okay. sorry. It's like Williams Bryce Stadium. Oh. Okay, double dose of big game boomer Jerem. His list of 40 rivalry games that should be played every year includes BYU versus, wait for it, Washington at 29th. Huh? Is that a rivalry? He has Utah and Utah State at 27th. Is this the worst miss of the summer for Big Game Boomer? Wait, a game that should be played every year. 40 rivalry games that should be played well, I would, every year. I would argue the BYU-Utah should be played every year. It's not going to be played the next two. He has Utah and Utah <laughs> State and BYU and Washington. Utah doesn't need to play Utah State. No. I'm sorry. There's only three non-conference games for Utah. One of them will be BYU. They want to play someone big, and then they're going to play an FCS. He's given us a lot of great content, Big Game Boomer, but... Actually, they don't want to play someone big. They want to play Florida or BYU. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a loss, I mean, besides the rivalry. Yeah, that's kind of weird. BYU-Washington. I know that Washington's still mad about the 84 National Championship, but, like, no. They're not a rivalry. Washington doesn't care about BYU. BYU doesn't care about Washington. No. Fox College uh, football tweeted out before and after photos of Zach Wilson and others with their Madden version of themselves. Uh, Did they nail it? Absolutely, they nailed it. It looks pretty good, man. That's, they, that's they asked good. which is the most realistic, and for me, I, I think it's probably Mac Jones that looks the closest. That's yeah, it's pretty good. Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good too. They all look amazing. They all look great. Like the video games we played growing up, uh, pale in comparison to what these are now. They're like at least mostly look like them. two black dots for eyes, and then just like the square jaw. Yeah, literally, we well, played that's, Frogger. Uh, that's. Jay Schrader from the Raiders. Literally, yeah, yes, it is. 
No one got sued for name image likeness in the 80s because no one looks like those guys. Exactly. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday, 1990 Miami edition. And some more details on BYU basketball's non-conference schedule. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, is it a hot take to say that mustaches are a good look for BYU football? James Empey doesn't think so. Check it out on the BYUSN Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube accounts. Yeah, it, it's a hot take. If you, if you like the mustaches and you think that they're they're great, even James said, my wife hates it. She just puts up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B, BYU Basketball. They want some of the headlines today. We talked about their game that's scheduled with Oregon already. They've announced and reported their yeah. conference schedule. Send Jared. me to this one. Okay. <laughs> right? Let's go. Hey, you, you look at the schedule, brother. Do you think that this is uh, a friendly net-building resume potential that BYU has? Well, let's look at BYU. what's been announced or reportedly uh, you know, set out there. Okay, so three home games. This is Vanquish's photos compiled this. Thank you, Robbie and company. San Diego State, November 12th. Love that's, it. That's great. Utah State at home, Texas Southern reportedly, and then away at Utah, that's locked in, announced, uh, Weber State, and then Utah Valley. Okay, neutral site, three at the Diamond Head Classic. We know the opponents as well for those. Creighton, great game, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yep. And then uh, Oregon in Portland. Okay, and then Iona might be on there. Coach Rick Pitino uh, in March said this is going to be in Madison Square Garden. So we'll see. So that's 12. So BYU would only need, if all of those are happening, three more. Okay. And I'm, so, I'm seeing like four or five tournament teams on that schedule. So t- quad one or two type games. Um, San Diego State. Oregon. Um, Creighton. Oregon. Creighton. And then you're hoping like one of the Diamond Head. Is yes. The top 50 team. Um, Even Iona. Yeah. Iona was and a then, tournament team last year. They were a quad two team. Yeah, hopefully they're that good. And if it's neutral site, they're not going to be top 50. So it'd probably be quite three in that case. Um, so, yeah, you add in uh, you know an improved St. Mary's and then, of course, Gonzaga. And that feels like it's a good enough schedule to get you into the dance and maybe a single-digit scene. So, yeah, I like it. Maybe one more game. Again, I want to repeat this because I always get responses like this. Wait, why do you want a tough men's basketball schedule? Because there's value in well, the schedule is valued. Can Utah be a top 75 team? It's a true road game. Yeah, with Craig Smith, I think they're going to be better. And that's a quad one game? Then that could be a quad one game, yeah. Right. It's a quad two at a minimum, I would think. Hopefully it's On the road, one. it have to be 135 yeah. on the road. Yeah. Utah's going to be a top 135 team with the new head coach. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so far so good. So only three, it looks like, uh, non-conference games to, to be announced. Okay. So. That'll be good. Yeah, you know, Diamond Head's good. It's not one of the better attorneys, but it, you, you can get some quality out of that. Right. I feel it's like Hawaii. BYU's done enough yeah. around the Diamond Head that yes. it's okay. It doesn't beat, like, nothing tops Maui. Just Maui's the best. And you can only be in that, like, once every four years or something. Um, and BYU will be in that consistently, it seems like. So that's good. Um, Texas Southern is a team that always makes attorney as yes, well. as a 16 They'll seat. be like a quad three or four. What they do is they just play, like, 11 or 15 tough games or whatever. And then they go win their league, and then they make the dance. And they get battle tested. They pay for everything um, in the athletic department. Remember, there are some schools that don't have football. I can't remember if Texas Southern has football or not. But the men's basketball team has to make the money for uh, the athletic department as much as possible. See Gonzaga for this one as well. 
I, I like it. Yeah, you're playing the in-state games, which is great. You're playing, what, four of those? Um, you know, that's probably a good number. UVU, of course, that's great. At UVU, Mark Pope back at UVU. That's going to be a fun fun uh, contest there. And then, uh, yeah, Creighton is the sneaky awesome game on is that Is that one. your number one game in the non-conference thus far? Uh, that or Oregon. Yeah, but like Creighton, what, made the Sweet 16 last year or something? Um, Oregon's always, always good. At hoops, so I'm I'm excited. Spencer Johnson's brother is coming back from a mission. I think he'll be on that roster. I think I'll have to check that, but that'll be a fun little storyline in that one too. Who's the Creighton coach? McDermott. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Doug McBucket's dad. Yep. Creighton's got a great program. They're fantastic, and uh, they're just going to go you know north a bit to South Dakota. That'll be super random, right? Like he's playing in South Dakota against Creighton. Um, that's a quad one game. Creighton will be a top fifty team. That's quad one, man. Um, what what we've needed from BYU is like what three quad ones in non conference. So I think you get it in Oregon, Creighton, and then TBD on San Diego State, Utah, uh, and then TBD three other teams. So if BYU can have four quad one games in the non conference because you get two with Gonzaga, and at, then and then one with St. Mary's at on the road, least hopefully one with St. Mary's, if not more, like. And then maybe maybe there are two more quad ones in the tournament in Las Vegas. Right, right. So uh, you have nine, you're talking about nine quad ones. Now you're into the dance if you go four and five. Yes, three and six sometimes gets yep. you in. Um, so so far so good. Yeah, load it up, baby. Load it up. More good games in men's hoops because there's value. There, there's value in a tough schedule. Yes, I'm going to start putting the football teams into quadrants. I'm doing. I'm, this is the year. It's not hard. You just need a uh, sorting tool. What is, what is then, the sorting tool, though? Just is, figure out what sorting tool you Sagarin? want. Sagarin? I don't know. You could use a composition of those. Whatever. Okay. Let's get some nerds. We'll figure it out. I'm talking the candy. I would uh, love coming some up, of those nerds. Today's Rise and Shoutouts. Plus Top 5 Tuesday featuring great moments from BYU's greatest win in program history. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcasts. Subscribe rate and review. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And we are, in light of BYU's recent announcement with Miami and a two-game schedule in 2026 and 2028, a series, we're looking back at the top five plays from BYU's upset of number one-ranked Miami in 1990. We're just skipping right over the 88 game. We're just going right Don't to worry about that one. Number five, BYU defense. Huge fourth down stop, fourth and one that leads to a game-winning touchdown. The BYU defense... Underrated Woo! in this. Great penetration up the gut. And uh, BYU, BYU defensively was really stout in this game against the number one team in the country. Number four, more defense. Irvin Lee had a game to mm. remember for As a BYU. Freshman. Number nine. Give me that. Picks off the heralded Heisman Trophy candidate Craig Erickson in the end zone. Preseason heralded. <laughs> What a oh, pick, what a, dude. What a play. They're like Irvin Lee. Like bottles around. Number three, Irvin Lee again. Breaks up a uh, long Erickson pass on fourth down. This wins the game. This, this is BYU's kneeling and out after this. Into the end. Ah, no. Nope. Great turn. Great anticipation. That would be flag guarding in uh, flag football at BYU Intramurals, but they're playing actual football here, which is great. 
How good is that play to find the ball after yep. he turned over the wrong shoulder and knock it out of the receiver's hands? Celebration's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. number two, iconic plays. Ty Detmer dances around in the pocket for what feels like forever. He loses the rush. It is. It's like seven seconds. Multiple times, and then promptly finds Matt Bellini in the corner of the end zone. Everybody going nuts in Provo. What a great play. Ty's ability to get out of the pocket, and he's so small. It's just dancing around, knee brace, throwing off the uh, other foot. Bang. Love it. And the top play against Miami, 1990. Ty Detmer eludes the rush. Multiple Miami defenders crash into each other. Russell Maryland among them. Finds Mike Salito. Seven-yard go-ahead TD to give the Cougars a lead. It would never relinquish. This is such a great play. Yes. What a cra- So, Ty always says, you know, there were you know 66,000 people there, but I swear <laughs> 200,000 people claimed they were there. He told us the amazing story that the fans rushed the field, but he didn't want to miss the locker room celebration, what LaBella was going to say. So, he hurries... He hurries to the locker room, and then uh, no one's in there. Okay, what we don't talk (laughs) about often is Ty Detmer's playing with 15 stitches in his chin. Yeah. Because he got rocked by a defensive end early in the game and hit Chris Smith on like an 18-yard post corner, the tight end. Got right back up. He was a little woozy. They stitched him up, put a big old fat bandage on that thing. He still got the the scar from it. Just played through it because that's who he was, man. Yeah, Ty Detmer, man. He was great. Love it. Amazing. Our question of the day. If you had the name of BYU starting quarterback today, who would it be? Let's update the Soljay Mayava. Jaron Hall. 77% of almost 500 votes. Okay. So Jaron Hall is the guy today. Jacob Conover still 13%. Baylor Romney 11%. So it stayed true to what we first reported. Baylor shade. Come on, man. It's weird. It's weird. Let it motivate you, Baylor. Let this motivate you, my friend. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at BYU Uniforms on Twitter. He who throws the tightest spiral, let him cast the first pass. Might be Conover. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Uh, Michael Rucker, you helped Joey Votto make some history. But it's really awesome that you're pitching for the Cubs. And Brady Papinga, Ram Studio Analyst in Spanish. How about that? Our thanks to today's guest, David Nixon. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Mike Young. We'll see you tonight for After Further Review, live on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern. Go Cougs!